So we go from the oldest major champion at the PGA Championship on the men's side of the game, and now on the women's side of the game, we have a tie for the youngest on the LPGA. That story coming up, as well as what happened at the Memorial, and there were a lot of elements of what happened at the Memorial. We had a playoff victor. We had John Rahm. Was he wrong? You also had the Bryson and Brooksy drama. Much to go through with you on this Monday. It's all coming up on the Fairways of Life. We are worldwide. Welcome to the most listened to golf in the world, the Fairways of Life show, on air, online, and around the world. With the most candid interviews, unforgettable stories, taking you beyond the ropes. Here's your host, New York Times best-selling author and Golf Channel's Matt Adams. I'll tell you what, if you love great golf, it was an unbelievable United States Women's Open. Congratulations to everyone who competed so well. It, the fact that Yuka Sasso became the first from the Philippines to win a U.S. Open, she did it in a playoff, was so incredibly dramatic. Uh, and what you're about to hear from the winner, I think, is a reflection of a lot of things, and it certainly reflects her character, particularly the way that John left the last question in the interview with her, where they said, you know, when NASA missed that putt and you kind of kicked your leg up like, ah, it almost went in. It almost seemed like you, you know, my words, not the ones that they use, paraphrasing, cheering for her. And and her answer was one of the classiest that I've ever heard. She is 19 years old, months and days, the exact same as when Indy Park did it. It's unbelievable what happened there to the day that that they are the youngest in, in accomplishing this uh, for uh, the LPGA side. Uh, so with this from Yuka Sasso, I mean, it's, it's got, as I mentioned, various elements, including, you know, her reaction right now, her gratitude, what she knows of the reaction coming from her homeland of the Philippines, all of it rolled in together where we start with simply this. How does it feel? I feel great, um, and I'm so thankful for everyone who is supporting me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful. For the first few holes, I hit a two double bogeys, and I was actually a little upset. Um, but my caddy talked to me and said, just keep on going. There's, there's many more holes to go, and that's what I did. I don't know what's happening in the Philippines right now, but... Um, I'm, I'm just thankful that there's so many people in the Philippines um, cheering for me. Um, I don't know how to thank them. Um, they gave me so much energy. Um, I want to say thank you to everyone. There's so many people holding out um, Philippine flags, uh, and, and it's really big. Um, yeah, it's re- it made me really happy. Yeah, I, I was just looking all the great players in here, and yeah, I can't believe my name's going to be here. During the playoff, on the first playoff hole, when NASA's putt rolled just short, you kicked your leg up almost as if hoping it would go in. You've talked about wanting everyone to play well, but how do you continue to do that in a playoff for a major championship? Well, I just don't want to be selfish. <laughs> I mean, everyone... Everyone here is a great player. Um, if it's their time, it's time. It's my time. It's my time. So, you know, 
I just want to cheer everybody. Absolute pure class, and another star in the game of golf is introduced to us all. Uh, in that playoff, they both finished in four under par, she and NASA, and then she won, of course, uh, dramatically in the playoff, as you just noted. Yes, I realize just like the memorial, it came down to a putt, but the playoff is a playoff. Lexi Thompson finished alone in third after a final round of 75, finishing on three under par. Surely for, for Lexi Thompson, it has to be difficult for her. Uh, hopefully it's something that she can draw from and learn from. So we start with her sound from the flash area by asking just how tough is it? Yeah, of course it's tough. Um, you know, I really didn't feel like I hit any bad golf shots. That's what this golf course can do to you, and that's what I've said all week. But, um, you know, 17, I mean, I didn't hit a bad drive. The wind just never got in. Didn't even try to bounce right in it. I've never seen a lie that bad. But, um, but that's what this course can do. And um, just got the wind wrong on a few shots coming in. Um, but overall, I mean... I'd be the first one to tell you that I hit some bad golf shots and I deserved it, but it's golf. <laughs> I knew about it coming down the stretch, I guess, um, with the last few holes, but I really didn't look at it all day. I honestly just try not to focus on it. I just wanted to come out today and play my game like I have the last few days. And no matter what happened, I knew if I just committed to my game plan and um, what I've been working on in my swing, that's, I just want to see it keep on improving over time. And just got a few bad breaks, but it's golf. Yeah, I, of course, it's it's hard to smile, but I mean, um, it was an amazing week. Um, yeah, I played not so good today with a few of the bogeys coming in on the back nine, but the fans were unbelievable hearing the chants and um, just gives me a reason to play. And um, it was just an unbelievable feeling to be out here and play this golf course. I've never been out here, so it was a blessing. And, um, you know, I'll take today and I'll learn from it. And I have a lot more weeks ahead, a lot more years. So I have a tournament next week, so we'll take it from here. Again, the theme uh, from the United States Women's Open of class being displayed once again there by Lexi Thompson. Our friend Amy Rogers put out a tweet following her loss uh, at, at the U.S. Open. Uh, and, and it's usually when someone finishes third, I don't necessarily talk about it as an individual loss because obviously everyone outside of the person who won lost, so to speak. But this one with Lexi felt different because at one point she was up by five and felt like she firmly had it in her grasp. And unfortunately, it slipped away, yet... She had the presence of mind, the class, to be signing autographs for kids after her final round at the United States Women's Open. Now, finishing in a tie for 14th, here I am talking about being introduced to a new young star. We certainly were in Omega Gane this week, the high school junior from New Jersey at 17 years old that has a maturity that, that seems to belie her years. Well... After she finished up in that tie for 14th at plus three, uh, low amateur uh, by, by one in, in the competition, she was asked how much or what she will take away from the week that was. Everything. I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life. And uh, it's everything that I ever wanted since I was little. So uh, it's just the best feeling. Yeah, it was tough for everyone. My whole group was uh, struggling a bit. The pins were really difficult today. The greens firmed up. It played like a completely different track than it did on Thursday and Friday. So uh, I was just trying to get through it and I'm glad I came back on the back nine with a strong round. Uh, it was just electric. Um, I can't thank all these fans enough. They've made my week so much better than it could have been. And uh, I just felt like there was so much love and so much support and all of them were really excited to be out here, which is so great to see because I feel like 
in a small way, I'm making an impact on the game, which is which is really cool. It was great. Um, actually, it kind of felt similar to when I play in my own events because I, uh, it felt kind of natural, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, they're the best players in the world, so it was cool to see that I was alongside them, and it was an honor. She still has to finish her senior year of high school. Think about that for a second. Absolutely amazing. A very, very important uh, or very impressive, and I suppose and important too, young woman right there in Megagane that we were able to watch. Everything that we watched coming from the Olympic Club in the week that was, was absolutely brilliant. Congratulations to all of the competitors. Congratulations to the United States Golf Association. Congratulations in particular to the crowds that were able to be on site and the way in which they conducted themselves. I'm sure that crowds and how they conducted themselves is not a story that the PGA Tour or in particular host of the Memorial Jack Nicklaus would want it associated with his tournament but sadly that is part of the story and that's something that we'll be talking about a little bit later on coming up on the Fairways of Life show this morning. BenHoganGolf.com log on there when you get an opportunity and check out their incredible product line because uh, what Ben Hogan Golf does differently they, they really set out on a path of their own is they made a decision that they're going to be your tour truck. The relationship is direct between you and Ben Hogan Golf. So if there's a product that you're interested in, no problem. They'll send it to you. You take it out and play it for a couple of weeks and actually try it on the golf course. Uh, if you'd like to take your current clubs and trade them in, no problem. Maybe there's some value there that you can apply to your new clubs. If you'd like to finance the new clubs so you don't have to be out of pocket straight away, they can do that too. It is quite remarkable, and maybe this is the most remarkable part about it. Because there is no one between you and them, you're going to save 40, maybe 50% on otherwise what would be a retail markup. And at the end of the day, you're slipping clubs into your golf bag that have the name Ben Hogan, that iconic signature etched right into the metal. BenHoganGolf.com to get started today. More of the Fairways of Life show coming up after this. When we come back, was Rom wronged the sequence of how it happened and your reactions? Nestled amongst the hills of the Hoosier National Forest resides a classic American destination, the French Lick Resort. Experience the ultimate in golf at the Pete Dye course at French Lick, voted number one course in Indiana on Golf Week's Best You Can Play for 10 years in a row. The Donald Ross course at French Lick has been named Indiana's number two course in Golf Week's Best You Can Play rankings every year since 2011. Come experience old world opulence amid modern comfort served with Midwestern charm. Visit FrenchLick.com. TheGolfTravelGroup.com is a luxury golf tour operator that specializes in custom travel itineraries to Scotland, Ireland, England, Wales, Iceland, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, and more. Guaranteed advanced tee times, incredible accommodations, airport meet and greet services, private guided tours, and private drivers, all in luxury vehicles, and they have a staff that's been doing it forever. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. I'm Tiger Woods, and I chose Bridgestone. I wanted to be with a company that I knew, and then on top of that, that made superior products. So I did. I came back, and I started playing with the Bridgestone Tour BXS, and it's allowed me to maintain the spin and the feel I like around the greens, especially my short irons, but also have that penetrating flight through the wind. The aerodynamics have been phenomenal. I know the quality that Bridgestone has, R&D, that's available to them, and what they were able to create that helped me win golf tournaments. Even though we're in Texas, we don't believe that bigger is always better. At Ben Hogan Golf, we believe in something called micro-manufacturing. 
a concept Mr. Hogan taught us long ago. It's a belief that handcrafting golf clubs one at a time to your exacting specifications is the reason we make some of the best quality and best performing equipment in the world. And we don't believe in big prices. That's why we only sell directly to you at BenHoganGolf.com. Let me ask you a question. Are you in pain on the golf course? You know, pain management is a crisis in America. It affects over 100 million people and 35% of golfers. But now we can do something about it. BioFit 360 is a new company here to help us manage and alleviate that pain naturally. They've developed a formula that safely extracts CBD from the hemp plant and utilizes all of its healing properties to help us. They have a relief cream, they have gummies, they have sleep aids, and much more. It will change the way you feel on the golf course and in life. All you need to do is head to BioFit360.com. Feel better, do better, be better. Hi, I'm Brian Hammonds. You country club members can now represent your club and compete in a Ryder Cup-style event. The inaugural Country Club National Championship presented by Fuzzy's Ultra Premium Vodka. It's October 12th through the 17th at Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. The field is limited, so don't delay. For more information, go to ccncgolf.com. That's ccncgolf.com. I hope to see you and your team in Orlando. Streamsong is so special with three top 100 U.S. courses designed by four legendary architects. Tom Doak's Blue Course, Bill Core and Ben Crenshaw's Red Course, and Gil Hansen's Black Course. Secluded by thousands of acres, the greatest golf stories are lived, not told. Streamsongresort.com So the world of sport, the world at large, is still reacting to the stunning news of John Rahm uh, being forced to withdraw from the Memorial Tournament. Uh, the sequence of how it went down was, but John Rahm, here he is, up by six strokes, gets approached after, and you could see it on, on television when they gave him the news. In fact, he said not again, which was interesting. Uh, Jim Nance from CBS had no idea, like everybody else, what was going on. And he, and he said something akin to, again, paraphrasing, that doesn't look good. Uh, then we found out that it was, in fact, because John Rahm was, was diagnosed as having tested positive with COVID. The, the PGA Tour, about 20 minutes later, about 624, put out the following statement in which they said, on the evening of Monday, May 31, the PGA Tour notified John Rahm that he was subject to contact tracing protocols as he had come in close contact with a person who was COVID positive. Per the tour's COVID health and safety plan, Ron was given the option to remain in the competition and enter our tracing protocol, which includes daily testing and restricted access to indoor facilities. Ron has remained uh, asymptomatic. Ron has tested negative every day, but his most recent test, which was performed after the conclusion of the second round, which was rain delayed, recall, and before the start of his third round, returned positive at approximately 4.20 p.m. while Rahm was on the golf course. The PGA Tour medical officials, uh, advisor, I beg your pardon, uh, requested a confirmatory test on the original sample, which came back at 6.06 p.m. Eastern time and also tested positive. So again, just so you know the timing here, this came out at 6.24 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday, so it was late at 6.05 because there were some 
There was some talk on social media about why did they wait so long, et cetera. You're literally talking about minutes between the crafting of this announcement and when the player was informed. Continuing with the statement, the PGA Tours medical advisor notified Rahm immediately upon completion of his round and under Tours protocols, he will be withdrawn from the competition. Rahm is now in isolation and in accordance with CDC guidelines, he will need to remain in isolation through Tuesday, June 15. While this is an incredibly unfortunate situation, throughout 50 events since the PGA Tours return to golf, there has been only four positive tests, including Rahm's within the competition, Rahm is the first positive asymptomatic case as part of the tour's routine contact tracing protocols. Okay, so that was at 624. Obviously, there was a tremendous amount of questions being asked about what happened, what took place. So Andy Levinson, who is the senior VP of tourney administration from the PGA Tour, was put on what was, and I'm not criticizing this, it just is what it is. It looked like a hastily put together Zoom call so that the media could ask questions. And again, I don't think there's grounds for criticism there. This was the only thing they could do at that time. It gave them access to an official from the PGA Tour to answer the same. So what we grabbed for you, because the audio was perfect, was the audio of that exchange. Here is Andy and his comments from the tour's perspective. The, the protocol had in place for the last 50 events is being followed to the letter. And, uh, and unfortunately, uh, we are in a situation where we are this evening. So anytime we have a, a player that has become positive, we'll conduct contact tracing to establish whether or not an individual meets the definition of close contact, which is in generally inside of fifth, uh, six feet for 15 minutes or more. And if that individual is, is, uh, determined to be a close contact, uh, then they would enter our contact tracing protocol. Uh, but our contact tracing protocol does allow players to continue to participate so long as they are following our testing protocol and facility restrictions. So they're being interviewed by our contact tracing team this evening, and we will, we will make a determination as to whether or not they meet that definition of close contact. And if they do, then they'll take a test in, in the morning. I can't speak to John's vaccination status. That's an individual uh, situation, but he was still part of our testing program. Um, so, and, and he was required under our contact tracing protocol to test uh, as a result of that. If someone had been fully vaccinated um, and fully vaccinated under our protocol is, and as defined by the CDC, uh, is 14 days past the full cycle of a vaccination. Um, they do not have to uh, uh, test as a result of being a close contact. The CDC's protocol regarding uh, people who are confirmed positive for COVID-19 is clear, and that is 10 days of isolation. Unless someone is asymptomatic and is able to produce two negative tests, uh, a, a minimum of 24 hours apart. Um, unfortunately, the timing does, would not allow John to continue to participate. So our, he was informed by our medical advisor. Um, you know, it's an unfortunate situation and, and, and dif difficult to find an ideal situ you know, opportunity to notify him, but our medical advisor uh, notified him uh, before he went into scoring, and that was that was uh, how it was conducted. We received the original, the initial positive result at 4.20 p.m. Uh, 
our medical advisor uh, ordered a uh, rerun of that test, of that original sample, and we were notified of that. I believe the exact time was 6.03 p.m. He was in the middle of the 18th away. I think he had already hit his second shot, and so our Thank medical you. advisor notified as soon as he finished. We're, we've been tracking full vaccinations, so not partial vaccinations. Um, and on the PGI tour, I can tell you that the full, fully vaccinated population is north of 50%. Interesting as it kind of reflects uh, society at large. Now, this is from Saturday night. Patrick Cantlay was right there. Let's find out what his reaction was to the news. Obviously, really disappointing. It's kind of the worst situation for something like that to happen in. Uh, he played awesome, awesome today. Um, and it's just, it's really, it's a shame. It's unfortunate. I've already had COVID. So, um, you know, uh, I got to imagine I, I have antibodies, so I don't feel too concerned, but obviously it is somewhat of a concern. Um, but I got to imagine that I, that I had it earlier this year. So um, I'm feeling, you know, pretty okay about it. And just to confirm, have you been vaccinated? I have not. I just heard in scoring. So uh, I still don't, I, I didn't hear a definitive what's going to happen. I just heard that he tested positive. You know, I'm sure it's not as much of a jolt for me as it is for him. Uh, I, like I said a little bit earlier, it's the, it's the worst situation that, that something like this could, could happen in. And unfortunately, I guess we knew that this was a potential lurking out there even when we came back to golf. Um, it's just extremely unfortunate. All right, so Jack Nicholas ended up responding at 7.57 p.m. on Saturday evening, all these times at Easton, and he writes uh, via Twitter, I feel very bad for John Rahm. He's played absolutely brilliant golf this week. John knew as early as Monday that he had come in close contact with an individual who tested COVID positive, and he followed all PGA Tour protocols as it relates to contact tracing. He tested negative throughout the week, but unfortunately tested positive today. There was no choice for the tour or John. On behalf of the Memorial Tournament, our hearts go out to John and his family, as well as all the patrons who witnessed a spectacular round by John, only to be negated by this horrible pandemic our world continues to endure. I wish John a speedy recovery, and I hope he gets back to competition soon. He socially distanced himself on the leaderboard, six shots apart from everyone else is, was the way that uh, one of the immediate reactions came in from Jack Nicholas's comments, which I thought was, was a good one and, and somewhat funny. From there, we did finally hear from John Rahm. His, this was, this, again, I'm, I'm giving it to you from Twitter, although I'm sure it went out on, on multiple platforms. This was what he titled, Thoughts After Today's Round. I'm quoting. I'm very disappointed in having to withdraw from the Memorial Tournament. This is one of those things that happens in life, one of those moments where how we respond to a setback defines us as people. I'm very thankful that my family and I are all okay. I will take all of the necessary precautions to be safe and healthy, and I look forward to returning to the golf course as soon as possible. Thank you to all of the fans for their support, and I'm looking forward to watching the showdown tomorrow afternoon with you all. All right, so that was from John Rahm. That is the full sequence of what happened and how it happened with John Rahm. The thing that I find interesting in all of this is that apparently John Rahm has not gotten a vaccination yet. I have a feeling that the word is on on the tour, as you heard Andy say, that 
approximately 50% of tour players are vaccinated. I have a feeling in this instance that's going to bring that percentage of tour players vaccinated up. Uh, But Andy said something else in the comments that we just aired for you, where he said that the protocol was the same as, as it's been for the last 50 events. And I'm just trying to put together the pieces to this. If the CDC said that wearing a mask will protect us, then presumably it was protecting us from people, even if asymptomatic, had COVID, right, COVID-19. Presumably, that would be the reason why they were saying, if you wear a mask, we can bring down the transference of the infection rate. Because we had to wear them on airplanes and all the rest. And I realize a lot of this is, is changing. It's still on, on airplanes. But, but presumably, the presumption, if you wear a mask, then you're safe. I think that at this point... The tour needs to take a hard look at its protocols. For example, in this particular instance where you have an asymptomatic individual who does, yes, test positive, so you have to take a reaction, can something be put in place, particularly in a situation like this where someone's dominating your athletic competition and say, okay, we are going to abide by a CDC protocol here and we're going to give you the option. You can either withdraw from the tournament or you have to wear a mask or two masks or whatever it is. You have to go out on your own and play your round of golf. And, and the only people that, that can, whether it's scorers or what have you, have to pe- be people who are fully vaccinated and they're going to be masked up as well. And is there a way that this could be handled going forward where the leader of the golf tournament is not bounced out of the tournament, forced to withdraw because they tested positive when they're otherwise showing no signs. Now, I realize that doesn't answer the question of whether they still can pass the, the disease, uh, and they, they may well be able to. But then, again, leaning back on the CDC, well, apparently masks can protect against that. If that was the case, I just think that while the PGA Tour did a brilliant job in reopening the sport, and as noted, only four, they did a brilliant job of reopening the sport safely that maybe it's time to take a look at that again and say there is a way to carry on if you take extreme measures and make sure that everybody is protected, but it doesn't require that the leader of the golf tournament or someone perhaps even in contention would be forced to withdraw based upon what took place. So it's not so much a penalty as it is safety protocols that have to be engaged. And and they can be heightened safety protocols. That's okay. But it just, it felt like this was too severe. It felt like this was too much. Even though John played a part in it with decisions that, that he made, obviously, uh, I think more could have been done uh, at large. And I think it's something that I'd love to see the tour take a hard look at. The other thing that took place over the course of the week was what took place with Bryson and Brooks. You know, when the viral video uh, it worked its way around the world of the interview with Brooks where he had to restart because Bryson crossed behind him. He used some expletives uh, about Bryson. We don't know exactly what took place there. Uh, somehow that was leaked, and, and again, it went, it went viral. And now at the memorial, you had fans calling Bryson Brooksy, apparently a lot. Uh, there were reports that Bryson had players removed from the property and from everything that we could find, uh, that was not the case. Uh, whether security officials remove people from the property is a different matter entirely. But to our understanding, Bryson himself was not engaged in the removal of any of the fans. And, you know, what's interesting to me is that I happen to be one of these people who like both players for different reasons. Brooks, to me, 
is the captain of your high school sports team. You name the team. Tough, unyielding, can be a funny, great personality, but just otherwise a true leader and someone who really knows who they are, maybe at a time when, when the rest haven't matured to a point that they do. With Bryson, it's something different because he's different. He's not like anybody else. And if you think back on those, those tender years in your own life, then you might remember that many times those are the people who are the target of ire, or if you please, bullying, to, to use a term that, that seems to apply in this case. What makes one a target? Well, as I just mentioned, you have to be different than everyone else. Usually, you have this sense of not being able to understand how and why you are different than everybody else. So there's a certain lack of self-awareness that accompanies that as well. Uh, You set out on pathways that other people may scoff at, they may not fully understand, and it may be something in almost a savant way that you have an understanding that that belies uh, everyone else's grasp. It, It could be all of these things. Collectively, when you go after someone in that situation, and when you're taunting that person, and then that taunting is empowered as high as it can go from Brooks himself, it didn't feel right. And in continuing with this high school analogy, it felt very sophomoric afterwards to say, hey, if you got kicked out, we're going to send you a case of beer. Could it be anything more like the theme from the old 80s movies, Nerds? It just felt like that overall. I don't think it was good for either player. I don't think it reflected good on either player. I don't think the engagement of fans who acted like jerks was good for the tour. I don't think it was certainly good for Jack Nicholas and Memorial Tournament. And ultimately, it wasn't good for the tour itself. I've heard a lot of people suggest that this maybe was associated or connected with the, the fund for players. Bryson himself uh, mentioned it. The fund for players who interact more on social media, et cetera, et cetera. The player's impact, is, as it's being called. If that is it, then that's another thing the tour needs to take a hard look at because immediately that this is a fail. Uh, I, I don't think that this is the way that anybody would like to see golf portrayed. And the, the idea that, that people are piling on and taunting a player while he's out on the golf course, not having anything to do with the competition at hand between one player A and player B because player B in Brooks' case wasn't even in the field. This was just about piling on, and I thought it was wrong. More of the Fairways Life Show coming up after this. When we come back, we're going to get into the results of the memorial, and you will hear from the players that define the day. If I told you legends like Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross have designed and inspired more than 10 breathtaking courses, and they're all in one place, would you believe me? Where is this special place? How far do I have to travel for this golfing nirvana? The answer could both surprise and delight you. It's right around the corner in the heartland of the country. It's Boyne Golf in Northern Michigan. It's a destination so special, so unique, that you'll think you're playing golf on a work of art along the cliffs of the Monterey Peninsula or the raw, sweeping landscapes of Scotland. From elite instruction with the Boyne Golf Academy, tournaments, and so much more, Boyne Golf truly offers an unrivaled golf vacation experience. Log on to BoingGolf.com and see why they're at the heart of America's summer golf capital. 
Come to where history meets luxury at the family-friendly French Lick Springs Hotel, where there's something for everyone, from kids' fest to shopping, bowling, golf, and other outdoor activities. Or at the West Baden Springs Hotel, you can wrap yourself in old-world elegance, visit our luxurious spa, indulge in an afternoon tea, a historic tour, and multiple sophisticated dining options. Then, finish your day with a cozy carriage ride before turning in for sweet dreams. Only this isn't a dream. Visit FrenchLick.com to plan your vacation today. What's your bucket list destination? Where have you always wanted to go? What's the number one thing that holds people back from doing that? It's fear of logistics. I don't know where to stay. I don't know how to get tea times. I don't know where to go. I don't know who should take me there. Well, I'll tell you who knows the answer to all those questions. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. That's why the Fairways of Life show has aligned ourselves with these experts. And is there some place you want to go, like the Open or a President's Cup or a Ryder Cup? They can take care of that as well. What is your golf bucket list? Where do you want to go? Do it with TheGolfTravelGroup.com. It screams. It tracks. It's soft. It reacts. It is the all-new Tour B with a game-changing reactive cover designed to spring faster off your driver and stick longer to your wedges. Try the new Tour B. The Tour Ball. Reinvented. Let's face it, there's no better feeling than getting new golf gear. And where you get your golf gear matters. PJ Tour Superstore is America's number one golf retailer. Whatever you're looking for, they have it. And you can get custom fit. You can shop online or safely in their stores. At the PJ Tour Superstore, you'll always find golf's biggest brands and all the latest equipment right at your fingertips. If you need it or want it, they've got it. Log on to PGATourSuperstore.com to upgrade your game today. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show on this Monday. Delighted to have your company. So at the memorial, when the dust settled after John Rahm being forced to withdraw, Patrick Cantlay and Colin Morikawa finished atop the leaderboard in regulation. Both of them on 13 under par. Into the playoff, it went, and Patrick Cantlay ended up winning with a par to secure his victory. And so for Patrick Cantlay, as you could imagine, talking to the media, well, kind of the conversation starts with, uh, what about John Rahm? What were you thinking about when you got up this morning and how it all relates? Let's find out how we reacted to that. Such a weird situation and, and very unfortunate. Um, he played so amazing the first three rounds that, um, you know, the way I felt Sunday morning was obviously a lot different than I felt on, you know, walking off the 18th green um, on Saturday. Um, Unfortunately, there's just there's nothing I can do, you know, uh, except reset and just take the new paradigm and, and, and run with it. You know, and I, I thought I did a good job of staying focused, and it really felt like a battle between Colin and I all day, and um, that's just kind of how it played out. I know Scotty made a few birdies early, and he was up there, um, but with Colin right there in the same group, uh, you know, it just felt like it was me and him trading blows all day. It does. There's maybe a little a little hint of something I can't quite put my finger on. Um, but, I mean, the emotions I feel out there and the focus uh, that it took uh, today was just as any other tournament. I think I'll, I think I'll definitely remember it uh, slightly different. But, like I said, and I'll reiterate, you know, the, 
the way it felt today, it felt no different. Um, and it is a very unfortunate situation and not anything I would wish on anybody. Um, he played so great for the first three rounds. So, um, you know, there's a little, like I said, there's a little something that I can't quite put my finger on that makes it feel a little different, but I really hit a lot of clutch, solid shots today. And so I think I'll remember that um, mostly. I imagine there'll be somewhat of a laugh and somewhat of a, you know, uh, I don't, there's not much to say. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't wish that kind of scenario on anybody. I would have much rather faced him down today and shot us extremely low round and 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 beat him uh, that way. But uh, unfortunately, there's nothing I can do. You know, I, I did uh, everything I could with the cards I was dealt, and um, you know, I, I really did a good job of focusing today on the task at hand and staying present. And and that's all you can do in this game. All right, so that was Patrick Cantlay after his victory explaining uh, how he felt both in the morning that was and throughout the course of the day and ultimately the victor. Now, how he felt for Colin Morikawa was something different indeed. And so we start with this, with Colin. What didn't go well? Oh, I mean, I, I couldn't hit a freaking green for my life. I couldn't, I couldn't hit anything inside 15 feet, and I felt like I was putting really well today. Um, and it just sucked because I, I thought I was hitting really good shots. But, you know, this is going to be one of those days where I'm going to really learn from it. Normally I'm learning on the greens, and I am going to learn from what I did today. But um, i got to figure out how to hit the ball a little better in the, in the final round. I think just perspective. Um, you know, obviously what just happened was, was not fun. But I, I, I had a patient. His name was Sam from the Nationwide Children's Hospital um, on my bag all week. And, you know, he wrote me a card. And, and he told me people can do hard things, and that's the kind of the motto he lives by. So, you know, this is going to be hard. It's hard right now to kind of swallow what just happened. But, you know, I know I'm going to get over the hurdle and kind of move forward and look at it in a positive way. But there's so much in the world to look forward to. And, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's tough to swallow right now. Yeah, you know, he kept me in it. Um, when I start like that, and I'm a couple over through so many holes, and I'm hitting the ball everywhere, I'm, I'm missing greens, uh, it wasn't fun. And I knew today was going to be hard if I wanted a chance to win. You know, obviously, I think Scotty was up there. Brandon was up there for a little bit. Um, if I wanted a chance to win, I had to grind, and I had to keep it going. Um, I couldn't give up. I, I couldn't get, let my emotions get to me, and um, I didn't. You know, I stayed focused uh, up until that last putt, and um, it's all you really can do. I love the quote that Colin gave us from Sam, the, the young man that's uh, in the hospital that, that gave him the quote, people can do hard things. That was very cool. And the reaction ultimately from Colin Morikawa too just continues to reiterate this this how easy it is to be a fan of these players. We're, we're talking about it with with John Rahm and the, and the class that he displayed in terms of how he handled all this stuff and and the way that even Patrick Cantlay spoke in his comments about I would have base again paraphrasing but I would have be, rather had beaten him by a really low score on the golf course. It's it just speaks to the class of these players now. Finishing alone in third, you heard Patrick uh, mention this name, was Scotty Scheffler finished at 11 under par, two shots adrift of the playoffs. So for Scotty Scheffler, uh, he spoke to us about how his play was uh, on Sunday and throughout the week. I felt like I played pretty good. I made a few silly mistakes here and there, but overall I felt pretty good about how I played. Um, gave myself a chance to win down the stretch. I just uh, wasn't able to hit uh, the ball close enough to the hole and then wasn't able to make the, uh, the putts I needed to. I mean, I made a sloppy bogey on nine. I felt like I really should have birdied 11 after the shot I hit in there. But after that, I really played some good golf. I made a great par on 12. Um, 
three really good shots on 13, and then, you know, 14 through 18, I really don't have any, any regrets. I hit a great shot into 18. I had to be aggressive with that pin and uh, the way the guys behind me were playing and just got a weird gust of wind. We thought it was a cross. It came a little bit into it and ended up coming, short, coming up short. The story of Jimmy Walker is an interesting one. He ended up finishing tied for sixth on the mark of six under par, but after he was bitten by a, a, presumably a deer tick and infected with Lyme disease, it severely impacted him. It has literally taken him years to grind his way, to claw his way back to the top of the game. And a tie for six at an invitational to the stature of Jack Nicklaus's memorial, because remember, there's only, uh, including the memorial, only three on the PGA Tour that have this, this status. Uh, it is a mark of coming back. So for Jimmy Walker, maybe it was somewhat cathartic, but it certainly is a very good sign. Yeah, that's the best I've ever gone around this place. It's always kind of kicked me in the rear every time I come here. Uh, but I've been working really hard. I hit it pretty nice this week. And uh, today was kind of, I felt like, man, I really kind of had it all together. And I haven't in a long time. So it's, uh, it really feels nice. All of it. Uh, everything's been pretty bad. So I've just struggled a lot in the last two, three years. And, um, just not been able to get it together, put it together, and uh, I've been busting my butt. Man, it, it's it's been right there, and a day like today was right there, and I know it has, and I've been trying to stay as patient as possible. I, it's been rough. I haven't been having a whole lot of fun and just grinding my tail off. That was his first top 10 in more than 68 tournaments for Jimmy Walker. Very significant indeed. And what if Ricky Fowler? He has to go to U.S. Open qualifying. You're going to hear from him in just a second. First of all, PXG's new Gen 4 golf clubs. They are the most advanced, best-performing clubs we've ever made, packed with new innovations like aluminum vapor technology, precision weighting technology, X-Core technology, and more. Gen 4 irons, drivers, fairways, and hybrids deliver incredible ball speed, distance, control, sound, and feel. Go to pxg.com for more information or call 844-PLAY-PXG to learn more about these clubs and their entire line. PXG, nobody makes golf clubs the way we do, period. Okay, so what of Ricky Fowler? He ended up in a tie for 11th on four under par. Is he finding his way again? Well, if it's going to be his way to the Men's U.S. Open, which lies just around the corner, he's got to qualify today. So he starts by talking about that fact that he talks a little bit about the status of his game right now and reacts to John Rahm. Uh, just go get some good food tonight, get some good sleep, rest up. Uh, it'll be a long day. Hopefully we can dodge um, some rain and storms in the afternoon. Other than that, it's just about kind of just move forward. Um, you know, did a pretty good job of that this week. Uh, you know, a few mistakes. It's bound to happen at this place. But, um, you know, tomorrow we're playing at golf courses that are a little less demanding than a place like Memorial or Muirfield. But, uh, no, just move forward, keep keep going. Heading the right way. Um, you know, Tillery and myself and the team put in plenty of work over – quite a while it, it took some time for it to kind of start kicking in but um put plenty of time in on the swing and kind of how the body was working and then uh you know the past you know three four months has been more just focusing on playing golf hitting shots uh kind of got everything out of the way and, and took care of that it was just get back to play golf i mean you can't 
can't go out there and play golf swing. So um, that's where it's kind of been starting to come together. Uh, the little extra work I've been doing on putting to get that back. Um, it's nice to, you know, have some confidence on the greens again. Um, that was something that made the last year and a half even worse. Uh, I didn't have didn't have the flat stick to save me. So uh, everything started to come around. Definitely happy about the, the last few tournaments. Um, just the start of it going forward. I mean, definitely unfortunate to, to see the way that he played the first three days. Um, you know, everything that's been put in place by the tour, uh, kind of all the rules and regulations that aren't just from the tour, but from, you know, government and CDC. Um, it really just sucks on the timing of it. I mean, there's no real other way to put it. Um, I, I'm glad I was not in that position. Um, luckily, I got vaccinated, but um, yeah, I just I, I feel it for John. It's just a, a bummer. Definitely a tough situation for all. Tour Edge products are available at the PGA Tour Superstore. They're av- available anywhere where you buy fine golf clubs, and that's exactly what they are, fine golf clubs. Log on to touredge.com, and you can see the full breadth and width of their line because it is massive, including their wingman putter, which is a very high MOI. That's stability at the moment of impact because of the way that it's made with what looks like from the top down wings coming out on the side. They have the box sets that are available with everything that you need inside the box to get someone started, maybe a son or a daughter or a grandson or a granddaughter. You can find it all at touredge.com. And speaking of PGA Tour Superstore, pgatoursuperstore.com is the website, and you can see everything on there. For example, if you're looking for, say, a piece of apparel for dad, uh, for Father's Day, if you go on to pgatoursuperstore.com, you'll see the largest selection. I mean, as big as their stores are, everything that they have in their stores, there's even more that you can find online in terms of colors, the, the options, and also, you know, styles, but, but also the sizes that you can find on there. And the one little hint I would give you would be whatever you get, just make sure you save the receipt. So if dad gets it and hates it or doesn't fit or whatever, that the one size fits all is that receipt. So he can get exactly what he wants at the PGA Tour Superstore. With Father's Day just around the corner, you know exactly where to go because you know exactly what he wants. He wants something associated with golf and you can find it at America's number one golf retailer. Uh, Thank you so much for your time today, folks. It was an incredible week of golf that was. We've got an incredible stretch ahead of us because, as I mentioned, just around the corner lies the men's U.S. Open. And today is a huge day with qualifying going on around the United States. So we'll be keeping a close eye on everything that happens there as well. Until we are together again, thank you for your time and goodbye for now.